This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. Hey, I'm Bill. Bill along with Mark. <laughs> just always laughing about something. So even before we start, we just come into it laughing. That's right. Because so, Lindsay's here. So she's here doing the show. So there's already a lot to laugh about. But anyway, uh, one of the things that I've been doing is uh, book Spiritual Leadership. It's really good. I'd highly recommend it. And even if you're leading, you know, you could just be a a foreman or a parent mm-hmm. or leading a ministry at church. Uh, it's, it's a great book no matter what. And this chapter, I know the guys, when I went through it, really loved this one chapter because they were talking about the leader's influence. And one of the things that they say about it is this, that leadership is about influence. The ability, and a quote now, the ability to influence others is an essential requirement for leadership. What do you think about that statement? The ability to influence others is an essential requirement for leadership. Agreed, one hundred percent. I mean, you if you're you're talking about leading, then you're when you influence people, what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to follow you, right? You know, so you can't you can't expect to be a leader if you can't get followers, right? You know, and it's going to be hard to get followers if you can't influence people. Right. I, I've always felt this way. Uh, I should say always. I mean, for years, leadership is all about influence and influence mm-hmm. comes through your character, comes through relationships, comes That's through right. things like being good at what you do. And they had, he made this comment again, black be very godly person, but he said performance is what ultimately confirms people's true leaders. I agree 100%. You look at the greatest leader in all the world, Jesus Christ. What did he do? He influenced people, not only in his right. in his day, right. but even now he's in, his influence is going to be indefinite. It's always right. going to be here. His influence is always going to be here. Well, he didn't um, sit around talking about what he was going to do. He, he went did and did it. stuff. That's right. But before, I think track record is huge in a person's mm-hmm. life. And it, this is... In situations I deal with with people, I tell them all the time, watch what they do, not what they say. Not interested in what a person says. I'm interested in what a person does. Because to me, performance is what sets you apart. You know, if you're really true to your words, if you're really somebody I should believe, somebody I should put stock into, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? But when you're a true leader, how you perform and your actions are going to build the influence that you're going to have over other people. And one of the things that they talk about in this book is leaders pray. And one of the things, if you're ever going to be a good leader, you've got to pray. And they said that people will know if you've been in the presence of God, people are going to know if you've been seeking the Lord, because you're going to have the Holy Spirit with you. And the Holy Spirit is going to be influencing your conversations and the things that you say. So I think that's imperative. And I, for me, praying for wisdom is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I remember, um, one of the training videos I was part of, um, the, the, the guy teaching it said, Hey, don't ever try to take somebody somewhere publicly where you're not willing to go privately. Right. You don't, you got to start in your own closet. You got to make that relationship strong there. And, uh, especially in leading worship and stuff like that. Um, you'll know it if I'm not, if I'm not on, personally, privately, right. Right. you'll know it, right. you know, and I know that I'm fully aware of that. I, it's right. a, it's a heavy responsibility for me. And I take, I don't take it lightly. I want to take 
that time and worship the Lord outside of an agenda, you know, outside of church. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just want to love the Lord. I want right. to be that guy that's going to model what I expect from, from everybody else. I'm going to model that, you right. know, um, track record. Right. You know, cause you have to, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's what be expected. I don't think you're going to be a very good leader if you're not a person of prayer. No, I, and I think, I think we just went through, sorry. I, we just went through, uh, uh, Bible study, Nehemiah, Ezra. We see these guys that are leaders, strong mm -hmm. leaders. Guess what they did? They started their their time of leadership with prayer, right? And celebration before the Lord. They called people together for prayer. You know, I mean, these guys were strong leaders, and it was all rooted out of prayer. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ. I mean, he prayed a lot too. So that's right. You you look mm -hmm. at the importance of it. But there was a pastor that I lived with. That I did an apprenticeship at this church, so they had me live there for the summer when I was doing this apprenticeship and he would get up on Saturday night before he preached, he would get up in the middle of the night and go over a sermon and pray over it. And then he would say, Hey man, if I don't go meet with God, wow. you know what I mean? Before I preach, I can't, I can't be coming down off the mountain. You know, to him, that was like going up on the mountain, like Moses and, you know, seeking, Jesus. seeking God yeah. and mm -hmm. coming back down to his people with what God had to say. So wow. yeah, he would, he would get up in the middle of the night. I've never gotten up in the middle of the night. I never understood it even then. I'm like, yeah, no, I get praying and all that stuff, but why do you have to do it at three in the morning? Like, I would think that would like so mess me up. To, Friday afternoon isn't the same. I mean, but yeah. Right. All I'm doing is saying that's what he did. He got up in the middle of the night and he prayed, and then I think he would go back to bed after that, but he would just get up and he would just spend time and wow. go over the whole. And he was a really, he was a really good preacher. He mm -hmm. was a great pastor. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love the guy. He was a big influence in my life. I agree with you, Bill, <laughs> as far as prayer is concerned. I think it's one thing. That if I'm not careful, I can I can uh, I can overlook that the importance of it in a right. day. You know, I have to constantly remind myself. Hey, listen, you got to take some time to pray. You know, right. uh, meet with your master. You know, if you're going to be a leader, you want to meet with your leader. Get your commanding orders. Get your order and go out and and influence people based on what you feel God's calling you to do that day. Right. You know, so that should always include being kind, being generous, being you know, uh, grateful for the people that you're leading, right. you know what I'm saying? Because if you don't have people that are faithful and available and right. they're with you, what are you going to do? You know, I can't speak highly enough of the team that's around you, right. you know, build a good team, build, you know, and well, I think it's being a good leader is going to build a good team and being a good leader is going to be mm -hmm. praying. They said the, he said in the book, the most powerful position leaders assume is when they kneel which Ooh. I, which I really, really love that. Ooh. And then he talked about That's George good. Mueller, who just had a ministry of prayer. He never asked for a dime. He had 2000 right. kids in an orphanage. Yeah. He never asked for money. He spoke all, I have 40 some different countries, you know, he would go and do evangelism in, and he always had enough, like God always supplied because this was a man who did nothing but trust God and lay it on him. Here's another thing that leaders, I mean, leaders pray, leaders also work hard and few people have changed the world without working hard. And it said that leaders dramatically influenced the culture of their organizations through their work habits. And history's great leaders knew they could accomplish much throughout the day, so they typically began their days at an early hour. Yeah. And so some of them got up super early, some of them got up at, you know, no earlier than seven, which that's what all my guys in the Bible study like hearing that number a lot better than mm. <laughs> 4.30, 5.30. But, um, yeah, you, you have to work hard. And I think there's no escaping that. And so here's yeah. a question. If the people in my organization work with the same intensity as I do, how productive would our organization be? <laughs> oh, I like it. That's really good. Right. 
That's really good. I mean, again, we come back to Christ and his example. You know, right. it says that he woke up. He was out praying before the sun even came up. He was up. He was out getting, you know, getting that time with the Lord praying. And then you read through the Gospels. I can get exhausted just reading it. I mean, this guy was always on the move. He right. always had people coming to him all the time. There was times he took his disciples and said, hey, we got to get, get out of here. You know, right. and he, he went and spent time, you know, right. with them and by himself. But they were always around him. He was always working. Right. Always. Yeah, no, Christ, Christ definitely set a good example for that. And I like how they, they say you got to set the example. I've always felt, I've told, I've told my kids this for years, hard work and success go hand in hand. There are no shortcuts for that. If you want to be successful, work hard. If you're sitting around not working hard and you're wondering why no one's jumping on your ship and why nobody wants to promote you and why nobody, you know, singing your praises all the time. Go back to your work ethic. What is it? Because if you don't have a good work ethic, don't expect leaders, especially leaders of leaders, to sit there and pat you on the back if you're not working hard because it's just not going to happen. They're not there to coddle you. They're not there to pamper you. They're there to get stuff done. Uh, And they appreciate other people that want to get stuff done. So So you've got to set the example. So I think this comes under the heading of serving as a leader. You know, like you, if you're that, we will hit that. I mean, we'll definitely hit that topic. So yeah, having a good work ethic, um, you know, being will, I guess that's the thing is it's just being willing to do whatever it takes to get it done. Right. With your team. Right. You know, you got to be able to say, hey, you know what, if you need help with this or that, you got to be able to to put yourself out there to help your team make it happen. Yeah, and everyone know? has a role. Sunday morning, I have a role. Setup has their role. I mean, everyone has mm-hmm. a different role when it comes to Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. But when it comes time, if, they're, if I'm around not shaking hands and chairs are going down, I better pick picking up a chair. Yeah. You know, typically we feel like, no, you got to put your own shoulder to the work as right. well and right. not just leave it for everyone else. Now, it's one pastor one time, he was complaining to a friend of mine, that, you know, all these guys, they don't work. They all come in late, every single one of them. He said, yeah, because they see you show up in the parking lot at 1030 in the morning with, you know, you've been working at your house and you've got, you're coming in sweatpants and you got, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, from the stuff you mud, you know, mud dust from doing drywall or whatever it is you're working on all over you. So guess what? That's what they, he was mad. He goes, man, these guys don't even work. They don't even show up and things like that. He goes, they're following your example. You're <laughs> the one that set an example. If you want them there, you got to be there. And yeah. I agree that hundred percent. And the other yeah. thing that they got into, and this is a huge pet peeve of mine, when it comes to ministry as pastors, you, you can't come up if you have a Wednesday night, let's say Awana prayer meeting, you're involved in a small group whatever. And we have different roles on Wednesday night. I can't say, Oh, you know, I can only work six hours in the office today because I got to be out tonight. No one else can. Mm. Now, if you're out five nights a week or four nights a week, then yeah. I mean, at some point you got to take, cause you, not everyone's out every night, yeah. but you know, if you're out a lot, then, you know, you have to take that into consideration. I'm not saying kill yourself, but on the other hand, why, if I'm not willing to work as hard as you, why am I asking you to right. work 40, 45 hours a week, plus your windshield time, ask you to give up your time to come to an Awana club. I won't. I'm not going to I'm not going to sacrifice anything because I want to make sure I cut my day short so I don't mm. really have to make sacrifices, mm. but I want you to make sacrifices. That to me makes no sense. If I'm, I'm, if I want you to do it, then I have to be willing to do what you're willing to do. Right. It's just right. like the one day we're doing a baptism and it's Lake Erie's cold. I could have put on waiters, but I didn't because I'm like, I'm not going to shield myself from the cold water that I'm asking other people to walk into 
to, to get baptized in. I'm like, if they have to do it, then I'm going to do it too, because I want to know what they're experiencing so that if it was too cold or was dangerous right. or anything else, though, I'm mm-hmm. going to know it first. Cause I'm the first one out in that water. Right. I agree. You yeah. got to You got to mm-hmm. be, you've got to be willing to do what you're, you're asking other people to do and to actually be conscious of it. And sometimes I don't even see a consciousness of this. Like I don't even see a consciousness of this reality that do you understand what people do? Right. For this church, do you understand yeah. what it takes for them to be here? For them mm-hmm. to put in the time, whether it's a women's ministry, it's a kids ministry, it's VBS, what that takes for these people? Oh, I used to, I mean, in, in the truck, I used to, when I was driving a log truck, I used to have to plan around, like, events that were happening at the church. Right. Uh, mostly re- rehearsals and stuff right. like that. But um, I used to have to plan around, you know, if I if I knew I had to be here at 5 o'clock, then I'd have to get in the truck at 3. Right. Because I know I'm going to be 12 hours in the truck. Right. You know, so I'm 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm starting off in trucking so I could get home, shower, and back to the church by 5 right. to make that ministry happen, you right. know. So I know exactly what they're going through, you know. I know exactly what that's like. And, and when you're working, what you find is there's no lack of work to do. I mean, it's like not that you're putting in a lot of hours just to do it. It's because... That's what the job requires. And you've got to be willing to do it and to make those sacrifices if you want to be successful. If you want to be ordinary and mediocre, then Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, put in a mediocre effort. So, and he, one thing he did notice too is uh, he said this: a reputation is like fine china, expensive to acquire and easily broken. That's what Warren Buffett said. Wow. You know, and Mm -hmm. I I do agree with that. Absolutely. It's like you can chip up your reputation if you're not punctual, if you're late, if you're sloppy. All these things mm-hmm. can go into that. So mm-hmm. again, how do I influence other people? Well, I'm going to influence other people. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be mm-hmm. working hard. Uh, they also talk about effective communication. Oh my goodness. This is one of the hallmarks of a good leader is the ability to communicate well. Um, I put a lot of energy and effort into learning how to communicate well as right. a leader, because this is an area that I need help with, you know, right. uh, just communicating properly. You right. know, I, I can either go one direction, which is way too overly communicating. You know, I don't, sometimes you don't have to get that in right. depth with all the details, you know, and then communicating things that aren't necessary, that kind of stuff. I mean, right. you, you got to just know how to communicate as a leader. It, yeah. No it's, I think the, sometimes the less, the better, you know, just mm-hmm. get to your point, you yeah. know, make it and move on. But he was talking about, you got to be, he said that you got to be careful the buzzwords you use. You got to be careful because sometimes things have a more negative image than, than we think that it does. But I would agree that communication is huge. Hey, here's what we're here for. Here's what we're all about. And also sharing the stories of how people, the one thing that they're big on in this book is sharing stories where people, have, their lives have really changed. So if your church mm-hmm. is about evangelism, you're going to be sharing stories where evangelism worked and somebody came mm-hmm. to Christ. Your church is a lot about celebrate recovery. Then we should be telling those stories. Right. If our church were about service and we should be telling stories where people served and the difference that it made in other people's lives, because that's an amazing, amazing, important thing. Absolutely. There's nothing, well, there's hardly anything that's going to influence another person to change when they're watching somebody change right in front of their eyes. Right. That's going to influence change. You know what I'm saying? And you want to communicate that testimony. You want to communicate what God is in fact doing. Right. Absolutely. Because that's going to influence people to change. Right. 
And then service is another big one. Obviously, Christ was a servant. We're not supposed to be lording over. We're supposed to be serving others. And so I appreciate that, that you actually care. And they said um, two guys, uh, Kuze and Posner, uh, studied the leadership traits of top CEOs. They found that one characteristic common to all of them, affection. These successful leaders cared for their people, and they wanted their people to like them in return. So... I, I mean, I do, I do love people. I don't always worry about if people like me or not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it said that the most effective managers, they build personal relationships with their people and they don't think that familiarity breeds contempt. I was told when I first came into ministry mm-hmm. that, oh, don't be friends with people. You know, you're at the top, you can't be friends. I ignored that from day one. Right. I said, that's ridiculous. That's right. absolutely ridiculous. No, that's causing- To say you can't be friends with your people. I mean, that's just, to me, it was dumb. That's you causing know? so many pastors to isolate, to, to be lonely in their ministry. To, right. And it's like, why would you ever do that, man? I mean, we want our pastors to be sociable and affectionate with us and, you know, friends and come over for dinners and that kind right. of stuff. I mean, that's what we want from a pastor, right? right? I mean, for any leader, I guess, you know. Right. And um, we, don't, we don't serve just, like, he made a great point in this book, too. We don't serve just people. We serve God. Like, Jesus Christ didn't wash his disciples' feet every day. Mm-hmm. He did it once to demonstrate as God led him. It wasn't his role to be there washing their feet every day. But that one time that he did because he mm-hmm. was serving God, and that's what God wanted him to do. So he said, you have to make sure you're balanced out. You're not just going to the whim of the people, but you care about them. You're going to serve them as yeah. God leads. I think and, I think Matthew 20, I think that's a very important uh, passage to think about. Uh, Matthew 20, especially um, Jesus calling them together. Uh, he says, the Gentiles rule, lord it over them. Their, right. their leadership, they lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. In verse 26, it says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become the servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Right. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right. Jesus, again, giving right. us this example of what leadership right. should look like. Right. You know? Serve. Be willing to lay yourself down and serve the people that you're, you're leading. You, know? right. you see that example with Moses, too. It says in Scripture that he was one of the most humble men ever. Right, you know, and Jethro, his father-in-law, comes up, and, and he, you know, he's looking at how he's doing this, and and he's going to get totally wore out. He's serving the people way too much at that right. point, you know. He's like out of balance. So what does he do? He says, get some people that you can trust that are God-fearing people. Put them in place of leadership. Appoint them, you know. So he's teaching him how to delegate now as a leader. You know what I mean? So leaders also, I think, I don't know if that's going to talk about that or not, but I think leaders delegate. They're talking you know? about influence here, not what leaders mm-hmm. do. They're talking about the kind of people they are in this particular chapter. Yeah, yeah delegation okay. is really important. But they were talking about being positive. That, And I mm-hmm. like this quote, people don't enjoy following leaders whose appearance and demeanor give the impression that they are being led into the valley of death, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. And they were talking about how funny some of the people were. Like Ronald Reagan, when he gets shot, he tells his wife, sorry, honey, I forgot the duck. You know, he's got a bullet, whatever it is from his heart. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I forgot the duck. Mm. Um, humor, wow. just all of it. Yeah. And just that positive attitude. What are we going to, the Hannibal had, you know, he had one of his generals or whoever around him. He goes, how are we going to take on these Romans? They weigh out number of, he goes, well, you know what? One thing they don't have, they don't have you. No. You know what I'm wow. saying? And because we have you, we're going to mm. win. And they did win. They said it was one of the greatest uh, victories in world history. Because they, they weren't pessimistic. You know, good mm. leaders are, mm. they're optimistic that, no, we will overcome. We will. Yeah. 
do the yeah, have a can-do kind of attitude, right? I mean, it, uh, uh, we witnessed that at the outdoor service, right? right? So th- when we had the outdoor service, there was some decisions that needed to be made, and they needed to be made, like, last minute. Right. And I seen you making good decisions based on information that you had at the moment, not right. not previous. You know, right. that was I was trying to make decisions with old information, right. you know? And, and then you, what you also did is you put other leaders around you that had an attitude that said, no, you know what? We can do that. Right. We can do this. We can do that. You know, right. and it helped you form your ultimately it fell on you. So yeah. it, it helped you make that decision. So, uh, the positivity of those other guys, the, right. the can do attitude of those other men and the people around you helped you make that decision because you were positive the whole time yeah. about it. You're like, I'm, you know what? I'm very positive so. about the direction of the church and the future and things like that. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated about things I think that are not in order. You mm-hmm. know, when I see that, I mean, that'll frustrate me, but yeah, typically I'm going to say positive, but they say great leaders don't make excuses. They make things better and they're not unrealistic or blind to difficulties. You know, they're not going to shut their eyes to problems and pretend those problems don't exist. So I, I like that. You know, they're not going to make a million excuses for why things don't get done or why things aren't going to happen. They're just going to say, no, we can't get it done. Here's what we're going to do. And I like also that he challenges people. You know what? You got to be somebody who's going to have others hold you accountable so your attitude doesn't get too far. Yeah. Field, yeah. You know, too far in a bad direction. Right. I mean, th- th- both of those things, making excuses. Um, and th- the last one you just said there, that, that makes me think of um, um, th- a leader takes responsibility. Right. You know, when you're a good leader, you're just going to be responsible. Right. You're going to take responsibility for things without making excuses. And you're going to say, hey, here's a solution to right. it. If I'm coming to you with a problem, I better have a solution with me. Right. You know, and I think that's what good leaders do. Right. Yeah, I would agree 100%. Well, pretty, hopefully some of these comments on leadership, I'd encourage you, you know, pick up the book, Spiritual Leadership is a great book by Blackaby. Blackaby also wrote a Bible study called Experiencing God. Unbelievable Bible an, study. Incredible yeah, Bible yeah. study. Yeah. Uh, and he, this guy is all about, I mean, tuning in with God. Every chapter mm-hmm. is about praying. Every chapter is about your relationship with God is integral to all things that you do. Anyway, you guys all have a great and a blessed week. <laughs>